well, again, good morning to you all. Uh, happy Monday, and and let me say happy week of prayer and service. Let me let me just let me just say first of all that uh, this is a week set aside to to think and to pray and to really reflect on the rhythms of prayer and service in our lives. That's what our chapel themes are going to be this this week. Um, we want you to know, like, if you haven't yet already, please do still sign up for a service project on Thursday. No classes on Thursday. You're free to participate. Um, we're having a big, large-scale um, food packing event in the Erickson Center, as well as a couple other opportunities for you to consider. So please, please, please sign up today for uh, Thursday's service projects. Um, well, today, um, I'm, I'm super excited to have Justin here, Justin Jepson, um, uh, with us today. Justin's the National Director for the 6-3 Discipleship, which is a ministry of strategic renewal. Um, he's a current adjunct faculty here at UNW in the Biblical and Theological uh, Studies Department. Uh, also, Justin was formerly in my role as the Director of Spiritual Formation Programs uh, up until about a year and a half ago. And so, Justin, welcome back to chapel. We're happy to have you here. Thank you so much. Good, good morning, beloved. Can I say that? All right. <laughs> No, it's an honor to be back. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. We were joking uh, backstage before this that this was, it felt a little like a, what were the words used, crossover episode. Um, and to me, it feels like that point in, 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 in Frozen where, where Rapunzel and, and Flynn Rider walk past the scene. Does anybody, like, it's kind of trippy. Yeah. Yeah. The space-time continuum has yeah. been blurred. I like it. I like it. I like having you here. It's fun. <laughs> um, well, today we thought we'd do just this interview uh, style. Uh, Justin, we'd love to hear from you um, on, on, on what you've been up to and, and kind of where your life has led. So, but first, for those of you who don't know you, um, tell us about yourself. What's your background? Tell us about your family. Yeah, well, um, again, my name, is, my name is Justin. I'm born and raised here in Minnesota. I'm actually uh, a triple alum from Northwestern, so I was here for undergrad and two graduate degrees. So I've, Northwestern has been a huge uh, just role in my life in shaping and forming me. Um, my, my beautiful wife and three kids and I live in Maplewood, um, so just about southeast of here, um, about 20 minutes. We have a, a five, almost six-year-old son, three, almost four-year-old daughter, and then a year and a half, almost two-year-old now daughter, so three kids. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Your family is beautiful. They're, they're so fun. Um, uh, so talk a little bit about um, strategic renewal. What is strategic renewal? What's that organization? Um, what's its heartbeat, its target? Uh, and talk about your role within that organization's mission. Yeah, so strategic renewal, you're probably familiar with different parachurch organizations or ministries, um, and this is, this is one of many. Um, but our unique uh, conviction and capacity is to uh, help churches build uh, really a, a culture of prayer um, within the context of the local church. When I say culture of prayer, obviously you think, well, of course, Christians should pray, or pastors should pray, or churches should pray, but really culture of prayer, where this is the, the mode by which, the way in which we live and function together, and, and, and really the engine that really drives all of ministry. And so um, our specific heart is to, to um, ignite that culture of prayer within the context of the local church through partnering with pastors and church leaders. And uh, we, we like to um, you know, say it this way, uh, a lot of what we do is rooted in a biblical narrative found in Acts 6, uh, 1 through 7. And uh, we say Acts 6, 3 plus Acts, Acts 6, 4 equals Acts 6, 7. So it's not, a, it's not a divine math or a paradigm, but it's this idea of uh, looking back upon the early church 
uh, we see uh, really this, this huge awakening, what we would maybe label as a revival, this big fruit of revival in Acts 6-7. Uh, but our focus is, is, is the building the roots of revival. We can't have fruits without roots. And so we call it uh, building 6-3 disciples, um, becoming 6-4 leaders who are believing for a 6-7 uh, awakening. And so my specific role is the 6-3 or the discipleship, the everyday Christian, the person in the pew role, and knowing that they, uh, the vital role that they play with the con- within the context of the local church as a praying, serving member. That's really exciting. I, I think that vision for coming alongside the local church is, is a beautiful one, especially when it comes to to, to prayer. Now, I know you know we just said it. Uh, this week is the week of prayer and service. So would you would you just share with us, Justin, like how has, how has God invited you into, to, to kind of live into rhythms of prayer and, and rhythms of service in your life? Yeah, yeah that's, such a, that's such a good question. Because I, you know, I mean, I think if you were to, um, again, even just examine your own thoughts around this too, like, you know, what, what's the relationship between prayer and, and service? And, and I think, um, one is to, for me, to decompartmentalize prayer um, as a, just an activity that you do um, as a means to an end, you know. And, and in other words, prayer could be essentially the banner over the way in which you relate to God. Um, and it's not about praying to ask God to give you something to help you do something so then you can go do something for him. But prayer, um, we like to say it this way, like within our, within our team, whatever you define, it sets, the, it sets the destination. So your definition of prayer will set your destination in prayer. And what I mean by that, it was, you know, for me learning um, really around this season of life that you were all in, that my first call as a Christian um, wasn't to ministry. It actually wasn't to service. It actually wasn't to go do uh, my first call to, as, a, as a follower of Jesus wasn't to ministry, it was to intimacy. And uh, I, one of the best definitions of prayer that I think encapsulates the biblical teaching of it that we see, especially under the context of the new covenant, is that prayer is intimacy with God that leads to the fulfillment of his purposes. And so, in other words, um, when, I, when I get so close to the heart of Jesus, what is on his heart becomes what's on my heart. What's on his mind will be imparted to my mind. And then I will be, yes, then mobilized into uh, acts of service. And so, uh, so for me, uh, if my focus isn't what can I go do for God. God doesn't need me. Um, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't need my help. Um, but I love it this way, that God desires you. God desires me. God wants you. He wants your help. Um, and he wants to partner with you. And, you know, I, I think it's, this is such an incredible mystery when it comes to prayer and to think about service. Um, because if you think about prayer, it's like, well, God, why pray? Because God's just going to do what he wants anyway. Well, that'd be one definition of prayer. Um, but I, I would say that's probably not the best or the most biblical definition of prayer. Because what we see in the context and the storyline of scripture is that God seems to almost hinge his activity on earth to the prayers of his people. In other words, uh, I believe it was St. Augustine who said that, you know, without God, we can't, but without us, God won't. And so, um, so there might be a need that's, that's needing to be met in your own community, uh, in your own family here on campus, but God wants to draw you into a relationship with himself so that you view your service as not something that you go do for God, but something you actually get to join with God and, and to partner with the work that he's doing. Such a beautiful vision. I love that orientation of, of our life with God as being that, that the root where the rest of it grows from. In fact, 
you know, you know, as we know that that's that's been our focus in chapel all year long is just, just that focus on uh, on our uh, life with God and how that is um, the beginning, the beginning of it all. Right? I love that. Um, could you could you go back? Further and tell us tell us more about your your God story. Like, share with us. You know, how has God moved in your life? How's He um, say more about how He's gotten your attention um, as you look back at your life's journey? Like, um, what are the most important things that uh, that God has taught you? Yeah, man, Darren asked really good questions when he when he sent me these questions, and there's like nine of them, and I'm like, so is this like a three and a half hour chapel? So I didn't know. Uh, not that we're going to get to all of them, but man, I. Uh, how many of you played Connect the Dots as a kid? You know what I'm talking about? Anyone still do that? Okay. So when I was a, when I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, I was, I was you know odd in, as little kids sometimes are, but especially me. One of the things that I would do when I couldn't fall asleep at night is I'd wake up. I had one of those old desks that you'd like creak open. You know, one of the ones you'd have like old school elementary school, if maybe you see in the movies or in a museum now or something. And I'd take out a piece of paper and I would put a bunch of random dots on the piece of paper. And then I essentially, because I'd make my own connect the dots, because I, I, you look at it, you're like, I know it's a dinosaur, I know it's an airplane, I know it's so, and I would start randomly connecting the dots until a picture started to emerge. And then I'd be like, oh, this looks like a triceratops, you know, and then, I'll, then, I'll, then I would intentionally connect the dots to actually make it look that way, according to the dots. So why this weird illustration? Like, to, to essentially, I feel like my life with the Lord has been this spirit-led journey of connecting the dots. And, and for me, I, again, and, and God is still doing it. He's still doing it. He, I mean, he did it even this, this past weekend um, and in some really powerful ways in, in our life. But if I were to, to go back, some of those first dots on the map in my journey with God is that I, I did grow up um, going to church, um, learning about God. Um, I, I grew up in a church tradition that was very formal, very liturgical, um, one of the things that we learned from an early age was how to recite or to say the Lord's Prayer or the, or the Our Father, as I learned how to say it. And uh, I mean, the fact that I could actually would be in ministry, in some role in ministry, I think, as I look back at my life, is laughable. Because I mean, I, I was the little kid sitting in a pew who couldn't sit still chewing my saltine crackers into the shapes of, you know, dinosaurs and, and, and guns and swords and, and all these different things. And so I, I, like, you know, the fact that the Lord has me today is just, is, is amazing. And I'm still in awe of it. Um, but one of the dots that he connected for me um, was there's a, such a huge difference between knowing about God and actually relating to God. And that's been a theme for me because when I was 12 years old, um, I learned for the first time something that I never learned about Jesus was the fact that he was going to come back again. And, and I, I for, just blew my mind in that moment. And, I, and I, I knew that he had come, but I didn't know that he was coming back. And the fact that I realized Jesus wasn't just something or someone in my past, he was someone in my future and something that was going to happen in the future, which, which awakened me to the realization that that he's absent from my present. And as a 12-year-old boy, um, I remember sitting on the edge of my bed and I said a six-word prayer. I just said, Jesus, I want to know you. Um, that's all I said. And again, fireworks didn't explode and you know, things didn't go off. It wasn't this huge, big emotional experience, but it started this journey. 
And that my, <clears throat> my prayer ever since that day has been, Jesus, I want to know you more. So I love that song that our sisters just let, let us. Oh, you're over here now. Hi. Sorry. The, the best is yet to come. It's, it's that idea of that the best isn't a circumstance. It isn't a possession. It, it isn't, you know, a, a thing or another person. It's like the more I know Jesus, the better it is, right? And the, the more that I live, the more that I know you, the more that I need you, the more that I want to know you. And so that's translated really as a theme, a thread throughout my life of there's a difference between relating to ideas about God and actually relating to God so that when you do learn something about God, it actually fuels a life with God. And that changes the way that you study, the way you participate in classes, the way you engage in something like this, like chapel, the way that you participate um, within the context of the local church. And so um, for me, it's, it's gone back to that idea of knowing God and having a life with God. And that's what prayer essentially is all about. You mentioned saltine crackers. <laughs> I, I want to go back to that for a second. Is that the church snack that you give to your kids now, these days? No, definitely not. <laughs> you yeah. upped the game a little bit? Well, I mean, I don't want to throw see, any yesterday, shade to we saltines. Had, we, had, we had chewy uh, organic chocolate chip bars from, from Costco, Come the Kirkland on. brand, yeah. because you get like 600 of them for $5. Yeah. And then uh, Cheerios, which usually aren't the best idea for those that have to pick up. I do my best afterwards, but saltines, club crackers sometimes, but okay. not saltines. All right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I'm sorry. I had well, because then you have to drink, you have to eat a saltine, and then you have to, then they're thirsty, and then they have to go pee, and then we only usually make seven minutes of the service anyway. So it's, right. I want to. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you well know. It's true. I, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I witnessed tricks it. of the trade. Tuck that away for the future. That's right. Little... <laughs> it's all about the snacks, man. Um, so I want to turn, I want to turn the conversation toward vocation a little bit. So you've, you've had this career journey um, and you're, that you're on, and, 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 it, and it's led you from pastoral church ministry to, um, to, to ministry here um, uh, with, with us here in Student Life at UNW, and then now to Strategic Renewal uh, Parachurch Ministry, doing work, walking alongside local congregations. So um, as, as you think about all of, all of what God has done in and through you over these years vocationally, um, how is it how has it shaped you? How has it molded you? You know, and, and how does it inform um, your work as you continue on? Yeah, I, um, as I look back, uh, you know, over the last several years, um, I would say, <clears throat> I would say growing, I mean, growing up as I just shared, uh, the Lord instilling within me this, amazing uh, truth that, that God, God is pursuing you. Um, when it comes to prayer, God is the initiator. Uh, we are the responders. And, uh, and I think that not only to that moment, again, in its most basic form, the Lord awakened me to that as a 12-year-old boy sitting on the edge of my bed, um, but especially when I was sitting in, in, uh, in, in these seats as a, as a student at Northwestern, um, that I think developing the idea that my relationship with God, um, it, it, the Lord began to de-individualize it during my college years um, and connecting me authentically for the first time to community. 
um, where I, I love it this, I, I'll just say it this way, and this is, this is borrowing from a, um, a person I think we've had here speak in chapel in the, in the past, John Lynch, um, and he, he says it this way, that if we could find a place that's so safe where the worst about us can be made known, and that we would discover that we're loved more, not less in the telling of it. Where I needed to have the love of Christ that I knew about actually begin to be incarnated experientially in and through the life of other people around me, where so much uh, relational and familial wounds and, uh, and baggage that I had carried that I didn't even know I had, the Lord began to expose. And uh, to be able to... Um, have that healing to encounter his love and, uh, and to be able to do that in the context of community was, was so huge. And that shaped and formed me where really, uh, I mean, that set a, a trajectory for my life that going into pastoral ministry and getting to be able to foster that environment within the context of the local church. And then again, unknowingly, and here's the, been the thing, like connecting the dots, these random things. My whole life here in time at Northwestern as a student, I had no idea that the Lord is going to bring me back here for a season in time. And uh, to then to get to be a part in the lives of you as students of what I got to receive as a student, um, as you all know, is such an incredible honor and something that I will cherish and treasure and be thankful to God for for the rest of my life. And then I wasn't looking to leave my role here and my role is with Strategic Renewal, which was a huge part of my formation alongside of my role in ministry uh, really, I would say this way, it, it connected a dot for me where I learned of the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer and this idea of like a structure or some words about prayer. But then the Lord was setting up like this skeleton and then my role of strategic renewal filled it in where I realized that prayer, again, first and foremost, isn't about my words to God, but it's about God's word to us. And so um, I always view prayer. I never open my Bible without praying, and I never without praying, and I never pray without opening my Bible. And to be able to, to pray Scripture within the context of community, that was shaping me and how I was functioning in my role here um, in, in in student life. And then unknowingly, the Lord is preparing me then to take on that role to be a part of something that I had richly received from. But now I'm getting the, the opportunity to replicate that and reproduce it into the life of others. And so. To sum up what I just shared, if, you're, if you zoned out, okay, because I was starting to zone out. Sorry, I was talking too long for this question. Whatever you receive, whatever the Lord has given you the grace to receive, carries with it the grace for you then to multiply or to reproduce that into the lives of other people. And if I could sum up that, the Lord has done that for me in each kind of major stage of my vocational uh, ministry journey. And so, and so with that, Justin, so as you think about these students, uh, Northwestern right now, like how, how would you, what would you say is your hope for the Northwestern community? You know, like if you, cause I, cause I know, um, I know you've, you have such a, such a heart for, for students here, even in your continued work in the, in the classroom here. Um, what's your vision? What's your dream for for us and for the students here at Northwestern? Man, that is such a good, and a huge question. Um, so I would say really the, let me just give you, I, I feel like I, my, anything that I could come up with would, would fall so immeasurably short. <laughs> and 
really, I would say, I, I, I just want to latch on to what I believe Scripture reveals as his design and his dream and his uh, purpose for you. Um, and I, I've kind of already said it, but it's, it's that idea that you'd be so captivated by the character of Jesus that you would lay a hold of and take advantage of every single day, every single class, every single chapel, every single opportunity, every single conflict, every, every season of hardship and affliction, every point, points of pain and suffering, and you would begin to see how you, in prayer, have been united and can abide in a God who loves you, is pursuing you, and who is relentlessly gracious toward you. And that that would drive all of what you do, no matter where you go from here, um, but that you would be filled up, equipped, built up, and then sent out into this world uh, to be praying members of praying churches who together are, 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 are leading really a house of prayer for the nations that I believe is what Jesus is raising up in order to disciple the nations. And so I really, and I, I think this is, this is the training ground um, where this can happen. That if, and I like to say it this way, if every student was a praying student, every staff and faculty a praying staff and faculty, which means every time we gather is a prayer meeting and that Northwestern would all the more continue to have a reputation within the Twin Cities and beyond and throughout the world as a praying institution. And I know we are, but to continue to, to grow in that, and I believe you as students have such a vital role in leading that charge. That's a beautiful vision. That is, Justin, I appreciate you sharing that. It's inspiring, really. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, we will not just receive those as words, um, but that we would, we would let that take root in our hearts and our souls as we continue on together in community. Justin, I know you are a reader. I know you, um, you're a podcast listener. Um, I, I know that you're a collector of, of, of information. So like, if you could, would you share with us like one or two resources or suggestions like, that you'd recommend for students um, who want to go deeper, who want to go deeper in their life of prayer, uh, maybe specifically? Yeah. Um, yeah, real briefly, let me just say two that's within our ministry of strategic renewal and two that are outside because there's so many great ones out there. Um, the first one, um, we have a, we have an app. So everyone has an app obviously, but if you just download, it's free. So wherever you get your app, strategic renewal app, that's going to be the best place uh, to get connected to different resources. Um, we, we meet together on Facebook live. I know your generation doesn't do that, but we're trying to get into the Instagram market, but, um, the, but we pray together online, uh, through a passage of scripture, um, every single Monday morning at 8 AM. Um, but one of the key resources that I've had the immense privilege of being able to be a contributor for is called praying the Psalms. So it's, we have, we've just completed all 150 Psalms, um, along with the team of pastors where you have a devotional commentary on one side and then a prayer guide patterned after the Lord's prayer on the other side that could fuel your own, own time with God, but more importantly, your time with God with others in the context of praying with others. Um, so those would be two with there. Um, I recently just listened to um, John Mark Comer has a, a podcast called The Way, and they have a prayer, prayer practice. It's a four episode of talking to God, talking with God, listening to God, and being with God. Um, it, about four uh, hour podcast up, super excellent, a great diversity of voices from different experiences. Um, really could highly rec- couldn't highly recommend that enough. And then lastly, a book that 
uh, for me, when I was in your shoes, that has had staying power is uh, the pursuit of God by by A. W. Tozer um, was one that I've continued to go back to um, again and again. Those are some of my favorites too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Okay, so I think we have time for one more question, Justin. I would love to ask you, like, just kind of parting shots. What encouragement or challenge would you have for those who are gathered here uh, today? Um, I would say uh, just two things. Um, I, would, I mentioned this too, to, to seek to de-individualize your walk with God, especially when it comes to prayer. Uh, a majority of the teaching of the New Testament around prayer actually has to do with communal expressions of it. And so you might develop your private prayer leg, but you've amputated your communal prayer leg. And so we kind of have this prayer hop where we think we're just kind of spinning around in circles. I would say devote time and commit to time into praying with others. The best way to learn how to pray isn't to come to chapel to hear about it, isn't to read a book about it, isn't to, isn't to listen to a podcast, it's to pray. And so um, I would say find moments in your day, and we would put it this way, to put uh, develop prayer sidewalks along common footpaths in your life. So what are the rhythms you're already doing? And so don't view prayer as something different that I have to go set aside time to do. Yes, do that, but weave it into your life so that you have a prayer-saturated life. So while you're brushing your teeth, while you're walking to class, while you're commuting, while you're eating, um, while you're in chapter, every, so every moment, every habit that you have, build a prayer into it, and um, I promise you, um, that's going to cultivate a life with God that you're going to look back years down the road and say, wow, look what God has done, and it will fill you with so much gratitude uh, and humility, and again, position you, as I mentioned earlier, then to be a part of reproducing that into the lives of others. Well, Justin, this has been a real rich time, not just because I love you as a brother, and it's fun to have you back, but because, too. Too. because the words of wisdom that you've been able to share um, uh, with us today. So uh, if you would, would you, would you just help me thank Justin for being here with us today? Thank you. It's so good, so good to be with you this morning. I'm going to pray as we finish here today, God. Thank you so much for um, your presence in our lives. Thanks for a week set aside to talk about the rhythms of prayer and service in our life. Thanks for this conversation with Justin today. Um, and we just pray, God, that, that these words would, would take root in our lives. And as we walk from this place, we would be changed people, God. Um, we would be inspired to, to, to really live into those rhythms. So God, we thank you for your presence and we love you. In your name we pray, amen.